Welcome to Behind the Podium, a podcast series produced by GTS Educational Events that lets you hear what speakers are saying before or after the podium mic is turned on. Join me, your host, Jasper Appleton, to find out what makes these speakers tick and discover new insights on topics that matter to you on each episode of Behind the Podium. Welcome back to the Behind the Podium podcast. I'm your host, Jasper Appleton, and with me today is Mandy Froelich. Mandy has been involved in education in a variety of different positions, from teacher to technology integrator. She is also a consultant, sought-after speaker, blogger, and the author of The Fire Within, Divergent EDU, and her new book, Reignite the Flames, out now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Mandy, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Tell us a little about yourself and your profession for the listeners who may not be familiar with you or your work. Yeah, absolutely. So I started out as um, an elementary teacher and um, moved uh, from there. Absolutely loved being an elementary teacher. Uh, found myself in the position of being burnt out and moved to being a technology integrator. Um, being a technology integrator is one of my favorite positions ever. I really, really loved it. But what felt like the natural progression from there was to become a director of uh, innovation and technology. So um, I recently retired from that position and I now speak and consult uh, with school districts uh, full time. And I, I absolutely love what I do. And I've also authored a couple books that you mentioned in, in the beginning. Um, I have my own podcast on uh, BAM Radio Network, which is um, called Teachers Aid with John Harper, where we talk about social emotional support for teachers. And then I'm also the director of Author Success uh, for Edumatch Publishing. So I, I get the chance to uh, work with authors and help them realize their book dreams. And finally, I'm an adjunct for um, uh, one of our state universities where I teach a course on, um, on leadership and technology, actually, which is another favorite thing of mine to do. So I um, kind of have my hands in a lot of different areas, but I, I stick mostly to teacher support. That's kind of my kind of my jam. Yeah, I was about to say you're a very, very busy woman, but you do a lot of things. And one of the things that uh, really caught my attention was your fundamental, your fundamental beliefs is uh, that people's stories shape who they are, you know, and you've done a lot of work with mental health, both for students and educators. What was that journey like for you, especially, you know, when you're, like you said, getting burnt out, you're, you've discovered that the thing that you thought was making you really happy just isn't making you happy anymore. How did this become a personal focus for you? Yeah, so it's the journey into where I've, where I've been with mental health has been uh, kind of interesting and, and has a lot of different layers to it. Um, the one layer that uh, probably the first and most personal layer, of course, is my, um, you know, my own mental health issues. And I have, you know, PTSD and, and uh, mental or, um, anxiety and depression and and you know, a few other things that I deal with on a regular basis. And um, there was just, it was a moment, to be honest, it was, it was one moment where I realized that, um, you know, people like sports figures, for example, or actors or singers could right. come out and say, oh my gosh, I had this horrible childhood, but look at me and how amazing I am now. And everybody would applaud them. But if we did that same thing in education, uh, in particular, if we had any residual effects from that in the form of mental health, um, you know, we ran the risk of being fired. And, and I thought that it was a really uh, terrible double standard for 
um, people who were trying to make a difference and, you know, who get into education kind of with this moral obligation to um, help other people. And so right. that was one piece of it. Um, another piece of it was a couple incidents, uh, incidences that I saw in schools um, with teachers, uh, you know, any anything from teachers going through active shooter drills where there were police, you know, um, like firing airsoft guns at them to um, teachers being, um, you know, physically assaulted by students. And, and I looked at some of these incidents and thought that is a really difficult, um, emotionally taxing experience, uh, just something situation. that they had to go through. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. To have to go to work with every day. Um, and then kind of that third layer and probably the least important of, of them all, to be honest, uh, is I had worked in technology and innovation and I started looking at what happens to people when their mental health is not, and, and I'm not talking that they have to have necessarily a, a mental health issue, um, but maybe just that their mental health isn't where it should be. It's not as healthy as it could be. And right. what what happens when we then ask them to be innovative? Right. Um, you know, and and so there's there were a couple different layers to that that all brought me into where I am right now. Oh yeah, and that's that's really incredible because I think a lot of people it like you said they they praise these athletes for you know stepping forward and saying that I have these mental health issues because of this this and this, but it it, it can happen to really everyone. However, I think teachers get overlooked, especially when it comes to mental health. I mean, they deal with so much stress every day. It's no surprise that it trickles out and starts affecting your mental health. That's why I think you're in such a unique position because you've gone through these similar mental crucibles that educators may face in their career, and you're able to help and guide them through it, especially in times like right now where the new normal is a constant state of uncertainty. So I'd like to shift to talking about the current state of all educators that they're finding themselves in right now, trying to navigate this new COVID-19 reality. And with how poorly this country has handled the pandemic, and with the school year now either started or about to start, educators are in almost a possible position. There are so many unknowns, fears, and emotions. So what are some of the ways that educators can prepare for them mentally and emotionally for what they're going to have to go through this school year? Sure. Well, some of the challenges that are happening right now um, that I see, and this is, a, of course, a generalization because, um, you know, to be honest, there were some teachers that in the spring that moved to online and I and I've spoken to these people I know that they're out there um, that have said I loved it I, I flourished as a teacher because I had to learn things that I wanted to learn and didn't have time when I was in the brick and mortar setting and I was able to really you know take my teaching to the nth degree those teachers are out there so I don't want to ignore that fact but there were a lot of teachers who, um, you know, struggled with uh, that the quick pivot that had to happen. And and I've said over and over again, I've never been uh, so proud to be an educator and to tell people that I'm an educator than I was when I saw the education profession pivot like they did. Um, and you know, everybody just doing what they could, the best for students that they could, and and yet making those changes is you know emotionally taxing it's it's very it's difficult it's dealing with your own kids at home or 
um, you know, dealing with, I have, I have friends who have, have yet to see people, you know, for the last, since March, because they live alone and they can't go out. And, um, you know, so the feeling of, of isolation and being lonely, the feeling of right. overwhelm with just everything mm-hmm. going on in the world. And, um, you know, so there's all of these things and typically, I mean, teachers work all summer for people to say that they have their summers off. They right. don't, Mm-mm. but the time that they are able to take for themselves and their families is really about, um, you know, rejuvenating and, and, you know, they're exhausted after the year taking, you know, taking some time to actually be able to rest. And I think with the status of the world right now, they just have not been able to do that because the second school ended, they started thinking about school beginning. Right. Um, because they had, you know, they wanted to know, are they going back? Are they going virtual? Do they have to worry about their safety? Do they have to worry about their kids' safety? You know, what is it that's coming? And so from the standpoint of, of mental health, it has just been, there's, there's been no downtime. There's been no time to process through the end of a school year in order to begin another. Um, so that's definitely a challenge going into this next school year. I, I think safety is a huge issue. Um, you know, we're just bringing it, bringing it back to basics at this point. Right. Um, the bottom line is people don't feel safe and particularly in a profession where we rely on procedures and routines and we know when we're going back and we know the first few days are PD and we know that when we get into our classroom, you know, we start with our morning meetings and we, we move on to, you know, literacy or whatever it is. We have those routines. And right now that's just not a thing. Um, Couple that with the fact that, you don't feel physically safe. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you believe about the virus, um, you know, as far as, you know, the, the severity of, of the pandemic and what's going on, regardless of what you believe, there is still the air of not feeling safe. And, and before this, we, we had to worry about active shooters, right? Right. Yeah. Now we have to worry about about this pandemic and virus mm-hmm. and what will happen. Um, and so I don't, you know, I, I think that one of the uh, best things that we can do going into this year, because it was a very long winded way to say everybody's overwhelmed and <laughs> safe. Um, <laughs> I think one of the things going into this year that, that we can do is first of all, be able to name what's happening to you. Right. Um, that's the beginning of any kind of dealing with an emotion or a feeling that feels either overwhelming or that you don't know what it is. And unfortunately you have to sit with it um, and you have to acknowledge it and you have to feel it in order to be able to move on. And uh, one thing that I always say is my counselor always said, you have to be able to feel to heal. Um, And so, if you are are angry at this pandemic, that's reasonable. Right. Feel it. Move mm-hmm. through it. You know, if you are disappointed that you're not going back to the brick and mortar setting with your students, even though you know that it's unreasonable to expect to go back. 
right. sit with that disappointment and mm-hmm. feel it and work through it. Um, and, and that's probably the most basic place I can tell people where to start. And I think it's, it's also educators are in a really tricky position because they not only have to understand and feel through all of these processes, but they don't even know how to feel about this pandemic because it's so new to them as well. And it's, it's how it's affecting their job. And then they have to keep that maintained and, and, and go through those emotions while also teaching other kids who are going through this pandemic how to feel and, and how to feel about this, you know, the current state of the world. And so it's, it's in my opinion, like I just, I, I tip my hat off to educators. Like I, I, I couldn't do that. There's no way that I could step into a classroom or to teach kids how to work Google Drive or do this, this, and this, that all of these new challenges that they're going to have to go through, I can't even wrap my head around it. So I think that there needs to be some form of support widespread, you know, from either uh, government assistance or community assistance. But there needs to be something because just sending kids back, in my opinion, just isn't the answer. And it's just going to push more teachers to, to, to being burnt out. And then it's just going to be pushing those teachers into a, a, a really unhealthy environment for them to teach, which is then just going to put your child in an unhealthy environment to learn. So I think uh, what I, I would like to know is even in a normal year, we know that burnout is a very real thing. So hearing these stories of people in professions quitting or threatening to quit after the last school year, your new book, Reignite the Flames, addresses issues of burnout but was no doubt written prior before the pandemic. What are some of these key takeaways from the book that still hold true during an even greater time of stress like this? Yeah. So one of the, um, one of the things that I address in reignite the flames is um, that there are, so I, I specifically address teacher engagement and disengagement and I define those um, in relation to the, Uh, psychological definition for emotional engagement, because in the past, those two terms have been used synonymously um, with teachers, how teachers are engaged in their professional learning, which is not um, not how uh, I mean to use them. So um, I talk about them in Reignite the Flames as um, how engaged are people in uh, education in general. Uh, how mm-hmm. much they still remember why they were there in the first place. Um, and and so there are actually a few different reasons that people disengage from education. Um, burnout is definitely one of them, um, but burnout's also only one of them. Um, and burnout is usually the one that people gravitate towards first um, or gravitate towards only, because we talk a lot about burnout. Um, my my fear with only ever talking about burnout is that some of the other ways that we disengage are actually, there are different ways to re-engage from those issues. And so I'll give, I, I, I'll give an example. So uh, one of the other ways that you can disengage is by demoralization, okay? And demoralization is where um, you know, teachers get into the profession with this moral obligation to do better and to make a difference. And when something stops them from being able to teach in the way that they feel is the best way to teach, uh, they can develop demoralization. Um, if you want to put that in terms of right now, there aren't many teachers that 
feel like they were meant to be online teachers and that they're better teachers online than they are in person. And so that constant reminder every day, that struggle of getting online and saying, I know I'm not doing this the best of my ability. I know I could be doing this better in person. Um, even though it's no fault of anybody's can still cause demoralization. So in burnout, uh, one of the ways that you try to heal from burnout is to pull back, right? You're doing too much. Right. And, um, and you're, you're feeling burnt out with all the problems and the issues and the, the working too much and all those types of things. And that's burnout. So you need to pull back. With demoralization, the, um, one of the suggested ways to heal from that is, is not to pull back, but instead to find your identity in education and and really um, work on growth in that area. And so it's, it's basically at the very basic level. It's remembering who you are as an educator um, and finding those passion areas. So if you're if we're telling everybody they're burnt out and people are pulling back and they're actually demoralized, which I would I would say is um, a very real possibility right now for mm -hmm. many people. Uh, they're going to be doing the opposite thing of what they're actually supposed to be doing. Um, there are many, uh, there are a few other ways that people can disengage. There's secondary traumatic stress. Um, there is uh, uh, teacher trauma, which is um, death of a student, death of a colleague, um, active shooter drills, yeah. things like that. Um, there's uh, personal uh, adversity, professional adversities, um, so there, there are a few different ways to actually disengage besides just burnout. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like what I spoke to earlier, where it's we're we're putting teachers in this position where we're kind of asking them to go to in in some sense into this uh, mental warfare, right? Where you you have to be a certain level of of strong in the head to to kind of deal with this because there's a lot of things that people are afraid to say out loud, like. What happens if a student's family member falls ill with COVID and they pass? And you have to then be that support structure for that student. Like you're, you, you have to reach out just like it, you normally would, it, but now you can't in that personal sense. You can't sit by their desk and say, hey, like, hey, if you ever need anything, I'm right here. Or, or do those little things, like you said, those brick and mortar things that are going to be really difficult. So I think it puts you in a really unique position because you're then able to teach all of these people these new tips, these new ways, because you have a background in uh, technological um, uh, education, in, in just education in general. You've been a teacher yourself. You know burnout. You know mental health. So I think that if, if people aren't already signed up for your Transforming Learnment uh, Summit speaker series, they need to be. And I understand there are a lot of people already. Um, and it's a free session with you. So what are you most looking forward to with that session? And what do you hope the attendees take away as they begin this new school year? Um, so I have a lot of, uh, I have other sessions where we dive deeper um, into the area of teacher engagement and and some of them, I mean, you just can't do it in an hour, to be honest, you know, um, the, the session that I have is, it's very much what I sort of going back to what I said before in defining some terms um, that may help you name what you're feeling. And so that's, um, there's, a, there's a focus on understanding 
what it is. Um, yeah, and usually, usually for disengagement, there's multiple reasons. There's not just one reason you've completely, you know, if you're you've completely right. disengaged. But uh, we talk about all of those reasons. We talk about um, the uh, continuum of engagement and disengagement, and where somebody might fall on that continuum, because it's also not just you're happy or sad, you know, there are places in between. And so um, full disengagement isn't even about being sad because a lot of times when teachers are sad or angry, um, they are still emotionally engaged with a negative emotional engagement. And so technically that's still engaged because when you're angry about something, you still care. Uh, when people are disengaged, they're apathetic. And so they just don't care anymore. They're just going to you know, they're just waiting to get right. out of the field. They're just waiting to get through the year. They're just waiting to retire. They're just waiting, waiting, waiting. And mm -hmm. so um, we talk a little bit about what does engagement look like? Uh, what does negative emotional engagement look like? And what does complete disengagement look like? Uh, so those are, we, we, we touch on some of those. Um, I usually focus in on um, demoralization and burnout uh, because of the place that we're in right now. Um, and give some tips for uh, recognizing those, as well as some places where people can, uh, you know, practically look within their district to get help and outside of their district. Awesome, yeah, and just doing incredible work. As always, your message is needed now more than ever. And I wanna thank you for that, and thank you for, your, or for sharing your time with me today. This last 30 seconds are for you to share anything you want to with our listeners, um, so this time is yours. Okay, um, so I think that, um, you know, in, in going into this pandemic, the thing that is most important to remember is that you cannot take care of your students if you are not taking care of yourself. And, and all of the feels that you have that go along with this pandemic, the students are having them too. And you really need to learn to deal with yours before you can help them deal with theirs. Um, it's not you know, it's not unusual to feel sad and to feel overwhelmed and to feel all of the things that the world is feeling right now as teachers tend to be highly empathetic. Um, it's okay to feel that stuff, but you do have to make the decision to try to get better. So even though the way you feel isn't your fault, it still is your responsibility to get better um, so that we can work towards that for our students. So um, I think that would be what I would leave people with. And that is a great thing to leave people with. Honestly, your blog post just for today for those feelings overwhelmed actually really helped me uh, because I struggle with the similar procrastination and managing overwhelming amounts of stress and anxiety and I spiral the exact same way. So that really helped me. Um, so if people should check that out, people should also check out your new book, Reignite the Flames. Um, it is out on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Again, Mandy, thank you so much for being here. We really all appreciate it. And uh, we hope you stay safe and continue being a great uh, help to educators around the world. Oh, thank you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Behind the Podium, a podcast by GTS Educational Events. Visit our website, mngts.org, for the full lineup of podcasts and to learn about all the exciting events we have coming up. 